Let's look back. Uh, we're going to go to this scripture text. This is, this is a passage, guys, that I remember several years ago we studied the book of Hebrews. And we got to this passage this is one that, that really stuck with me as we revisit it today. Uh, uh, and, and I want you to listen to this real carefully as we get into this. Uh, listen to this statement. Why submit to Jesus if your life will be just the same as it was before? No, the gospel is meant to change us from the inside out. Everything is different because of Jesus. Too many believers are still living the same way they live prior to their profession of faith. And I'm not even saying you're not born again, but it could be that we, many of us are walking in, 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 in Corinthian church type carnality. In other words, the church at Corinth was a church. They had born again believers abiding in that church, but the, the believers lived in such a way that they didn't bring glory to God. They were fleshy. Any of y'all ever been fleshy before? How many of y'all got fleshy last weekend? <laughs> I mean, they were fleshy. They were arguing. They were fussing. They were fighting. There was discord in the church. Remember we did series, Scandalous and Inside Look at the Corinthian Church? So guys, God is seeking after change with us from the inside out. Can I get it with Everybody say inside out. Change, godly change is always an inside out proposition. It's always, it comes from the inside and works its way to the outside. Bible says, Brother Gary, work out your soul salvation with fear and tremble. In other words, there's a, there's, when I get born again, the Holy Spirit comes and creates a new spirit man on the inside of me. Now, as I learn to walk with the Lord, as I learn to, to, to be disciple, if I allow myself to be disciple, then now that transformation that took place in my spirit man begins to show up in my outward deeds that I do. Can I get a witness? So salvation is an inside out process. Amen. Transformation is an inside out process. Now, guys, let's, let's look, if you will, let's go to Hebrews 5. And I, I'm going to actually, actually, I'm going to start, Brother Jay, um, at verse number seven, Hebrews five, verse number seven. Glory to God. Are y'all with me today? The text says this. Hallelujah. The text says this, while Jesus. While Jesus was here on earth. He offered prayers and pleadings with a loud cry and tears to the one who could rescue him from death. And God heard his prayers because of his what? Deep reverence for God. How many of y'all got a deep reverence for God? A deep reverence for God means that the things of God are important enough to you that you're willing to let your will be gone and his will rise up on the inside of you. They were singing that song, my life is not my own. To you I belong. I give myself. I give myself away. It is a process that you have to be willing to do. See, God is looking for a believer, a Christian who's willing to give himself away and let God use him how he wants to use him. Look at the next verse. Let's go. Let's roll, roll. Even though Jesus was God's son, watch this, guys. He learned obedience 
from the things he suffered. I need somebody to turn that mic off, the wireless mic somebody's got. Okay, Even though Jesus was God's son, he learned obedience from the things he suffered. Are y'all with me? He learned obedience from the things that he suffered. Next verse, let's read. In this way, God qualified him as a perfect high priest and he became the source of eternal salvation for all those who obey him. Verse 10, let's read it. it says, and God designated him to be a high priest in the order of Melchizedek. Let's keep reading. Verse 11. There is much more. Watch, watch this. There is much more we would like to say about this, but it is difficult to explain especially since you are spiritually dull and don't seem to listen. Now watch this. The author of Hebrews, with some debate who it was, uh, but we know it was, written, it was written by the Holy Spirit as the Holy Spirit gave man the inspiration to write. But the author of Hebrews is trying to get these, these, these Christians to understand those who had came out of Judaism those who were following the Mosaic law, those who were keeping certain uh, holy ordinances and certain holy days and, and dietary restrictions and all those things. He was trying to get those who had been delivered from that not to go back into that. Are y'all with me today? How many of y'all know that, that it, it, it's not good for us, it's not healthy for us spiritually to go back into what we've been delivered from? Anybody out there before been, been, been tempted to go back? To what God has delivered you from. So your flesh has a pull that's still there, even though you're born again. Your flesh in this, the Bible says, in this flesh dwelleth no good thing. Everybody say, my flesh, it ain't no good. <laughs> the sooner you recognize that, the sooner you respect the fact that if you get, if you let your flesh loose, it'll cut up and do what it used to do. Amen? Watch this. Come on, let's go. There's much more. Okay, you have been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's word. You are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. Watch this, guys. For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what's right. Wow. In the church, we got folks who don't know how to do what's right. Text says for someone who lives, okay, solid food is for those who are mature who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. I want us to read this out loud and on purpose. Those that are viewing live stream and you hearing in the audience, let's read this out loud and on purpose. And I want you to allow this word to sink down in your heart. Notice what the writer says to these believers who were because of, uh, 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 of their lack of maturity and they were being influenced by those who were still in Judaism. And they were, in, some, in, in many cases, they were facing persecution because of their newfound faith in Christ. And how many of y'all know, guys, when you really start to live for Christ, even your own family will turn against you. When you really start to move with God, your religious, possibly Christians, those religious folks won't understand you moving with God because religious folks don't really know what, how God even moves. They know their rituals. They know what they've been accustomed to doing all these years, but they hadn't moved with God in a long time. When God go tells you to do something that's, that's abnormal, that's beyond what they consider to be reasonable, they don't understand it and they'll begin to talk about you. They'll begin to have you for dinner. Any of y'all ever been had for dinner before? 
Any any y'all ever been been chewed up one side and spit out the other side? And many times that chewing came because somebody didn't understand that you were moving with God. Amen. Some of y'all came to this church and became members of this church as the Holy Spirit led you. But your place of your family of origin and your original church, when you got baptized, people told you what's wrong with you. You've been here all your life. As if being a place all your life means that you're moving with God. As a matter of fact, guys, when I look at this Bible that I read, oftentimes God was moving people all the time to get them positioned to where he wanted them to be. So let's read this together. I, I need y'all to read it together. And I want you to think about it. Watch what it says. Y'all read it? Let's go. Solid food is for those who are mature, who through training, watch this, who through what? Training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. Now, guys, I'm, I'm going I'm to be honest and transparent with you. This is coming from a pastoral perspective. As your pastor, there are some of y'all as, as believers, and I love you to death. You, you, you're good as gold. If you die, you're going to heaven. <laughs> There's no question about it. You're going to heaven. But some of y'all don't like to submit to training. You've been a member of this church for five years and have not stepped foot in the training, discipleship training model, not one time. Well, I, I don't like all that read. Well, baby, let me tell you something. You can't go with God if you don't read. It, it, listen to yourself. Guys, I, I, I'm going to tell you something. The word of God, and even, listen, there's, there's no excuse because you can now get the Bible uh, in all types of forms. You can have it read to you. In this iPad that I have, I have a Bible app. The guy, sometimes I'll just hit it and let the word read to me and put me to sleep. Anybody ever done it before? Just, just, just hearing God's word articulated. So even if, if, if reading is not your thing, let it read to you and, and grasp what the Holy Spirit is saying. He says, he says, solid food is for those who are mature, who through training. So as your pastor, I understand that if you're going to be the best you, if you're going to commit to, tra- to, to change, you have to submit to the training process. The text says, solid food is for those who are mature, who through what? Training have the skill, have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. And that's why I think a lot of people get messed up and hung up and, be, uh, and are outside the will of God because we haven't been trained to discern the difference between what's right and wrong in this decadent culture that we find ourselves living in, in this culture that says, oh, if you feel like you're a man, that's all it takes. If, 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 you, if, you, if you think you want to be a woman, then go take some hormones and, and change some of your features. Yes, I said, I know that may not be politically correct in this day and age that we're living in. And even in a day and age now where, where it's like, okay, find out what pronoun you want to be called, called by. I know you are he. And you are she. I don't care what you feel like. How did God make you? 
biologically speaking, Now, guys, I'm, I, I'm telling you, there are churches that are now, and, 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 and guys, I, I, I pray for my United Methodist brethren, as they go through a, a, a church split, the denomination is, is, is preparing to split over the issue of homosexuality and ordaining gay marriage. There, there are some who, who want to stick to the scripture, and there are those who say, well, we're going to evolve with the culture. So I got news for you guys. As a born again believer, if you're going to commit to change, change is, is, we're talking about from a spiritual perspective. We're not talking about changing with the culture because the culture is all over the place. I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to stay with God. I'm going to stay with God. Text says, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. So if you don't Stay in your word. If you're not submitting to training, the culture will throw some stuff at you that sounds like it's okay, but it's not okay. Are y'all with me? So, so we talk. We, we're entitling this commitment to change. Well, what is biblical commitment? What, what, what type of biblical, biblical commitment are we are we seeking from the members of the body of Christ? What, what, what are we dealing with? Uh, a biblical commitment, guys, will include at least six factors. And I'm, I just want you to put these, we're going to go through them. I want to put these down to set the foundation for, for a commitment to change. We're going to use that acronym, except, and I shared it with you one, one time before, to bring understanding to the process of a commitment to change. First thing, A, we got to acknowledge personal responsibility for our thoughts and, our, and, and, and for our actions. You got to acknowledge personal responsibility for your thoughts and for your actions. Believers won't be able to change as long as they excuse, blame, rationalize, or defend their sinful behavior. You're not going to change if you sit there and make excuses for your sin. And you're going to know it's sin by having been trained from the word of God what is sin and what's not. Can I get a witness? We have to understand that regardless of circumstances, guys, if we are Christians, we can respond biblically through the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay? So first of all, if, if you're going to commit to change, you got to acknowledge your personal responsibility for your thoughts and your actions. Everybody say, I got to acknowledge my personal responsibility for my thoughts and my actions. Guys, it is so easy. Hear me careful. It is so easy. And we do it all the time to where when we mess up, we try to excuse it rather than saying, you know what? I messed up. You know what? I'm sorry. I said something that I should not have said. I am sorry. I went a place that I should not have went. I'm sorry that I offended you because I, 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 I said some, some, some vulgar things to you. I'm, I'm, whatever the sin is, stop making excuses. Stop making excuses for your predicament, for your choice, and say, I accept responsibility. Second thing, we got to choose to look at circumstances in the past and present from a biblical point of view. From a biblical point of view, this is crucial in this day and age that we're living in now because government and people in the community are trying to get the believer to view life 
through the prism of the culture. And we want to stay with the word of God. Amen. Our own human wisdom and feelings oftentimes hinder us from looking at things the way God wants us to. If we are going to experience lasting change, everybody say lasting change. We need to interpret our circumstances through the mirror of the word of God rather than through our own opinions and our own emotions. See, guys, when you come to me and share with me an issue or problem, first of all, I want to know, is, is, okay, what biblical command are you, are you basing it on? What principle from the word of God are you basing that decision or that feeling on? Now, again, we know as we understand, as we're going through emotionally healthy spirituality, as we're going through emotionally healthy relationships, I thank God for emotionally healthy relationships. It's helping some of y'all learn how to deal with other people, amen, and, 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 and get free from some bondages that have held you bound for a long time. Can I get a witness up in here? So learning how to take the community temperature reading, learning how to to uh, to go to somebody and share with them the the the, the concern that you have and to, and to do it in a God honoring way, man, that's going to be a blessing to you. Because all of us, if we're going to be a, a good minister to the Lord Jesus Christ, we got to learn how to deal with people. You can't do ministry and not ever engage with people, because ministry is about people. Ministry is about People, ministers about serving people, it's loving people, it's going after them from the standpoint of introducing Christ to them. So if you say, I don't want to be around people, you can't really truly please God. Because God is into people. If you're going to be into God, you got to be into what, into what God is into. Come on now. Y'all, y'all know I'm telling the truth. This works in human relationship, right? Uh, how many of y'all, when, when you decided this was, the, this was the girl that you was in love with, brothers? Some of y'all went to, to a basket weaving class. You had no interest whatsoever in the basket weaving class. Some of y'all down, all down at the art museum. Oh, look at that beautiful art piece of art. You ain't, you, as the old folks says in the country, you were never studying art. <laughs> I know it's a colloquial way we've said it. I ain't studying that. But now that she's interested in art, all of a sudden now you are interested in art. Ladies, you didn't you didn't you didn't care too much for football until your to that your boo thing. Is that what you call it? Who was that? We were talking about the other day, and somebody introduced we were we were uh we were at a, at, a, at, a, at a funeral, as a matter of fact, and, and this lady introduced this person that, that she's dating now. And the later came up and said, what did you tell him he was to you? She said, her friend. She said, no, that's your boo thing. That's your old man. How many of y'all remember that term? How many of y'all are old enough? If you pass 45, you remember when people said, that's my old man. So you were into whatever your old man was into. If he liked football, you were at the football game shaking your pom-pom. Had no clue whether they were on offense or defense. Yeah, yay, I'm with my boo thing. Guys, we're going to be into the things that the one we love are into. For good or for bad. Some of y'all have ran all across the country following your child with travel softball and travel basketball and, 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 run, and spending money uh, that, that probably you shouldn't spend, but you, 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 you say you don't have money to tie, but you got money to travel. Because you're into what the one you love is into. 
What I'm telling you is if you're into God, you're going to you're going to have to learn how to be into people because God is into people and he saved you. Check this out. Peep this. He saved you to minister to people and he has to change us, all of us, so that we can be equipped to minister to people. Because the way we are, we, we, we can't do it. We can't do it. I got to move. All right. So 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 we said choose to look at circumstances in the past and present from a biblical point of view. And, and the next thing is commit to eliminate whatever hinders biblical change. Commit to eliminate whatever hinders biblical change. Go to Romans the 13th chapter with me. And let's, let's start reading at verse number 11. Romans the 13th chapter. And we'll start our reading at verse number 11. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Everybody say. Say I got to commit to change. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Romans chapter number 13. And we begin our reading at verse number 11. Watch this guys. Now the apostle Paul is writing this text to the saints at Rome. As I told you before, Romans is a book of doctrinally. If you really want to understand the, the, the basic foundation of Christian doctrine, get a good understanding of the book of Romans. Man, Romans, amen, lays it down and it, it, it gives you a solid foundation so that you're not wishy-washy. So Paul is writing here to the saints of Rome. And look at what he says. This is all the more urgent. For you know how late it is. Time is running out. Wake up for our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. Paul is saying we're we're closer now to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ than we first believed. Every day that we live, we get closer to Jesus Christ coming back. And he's coming back for the church. I don't care if you don't believe or not. He's coming back. Amen. Look at the next verse. Watch this. Watch this. The night is almost gone. The day of salvation will soon be here. So remove your dark deeds like dirty clothes. Huh? And put on the shiny armor of right living. Look at what it says. Remove your dark deeds like dirty clothes. Because when you do your stuff in the dark and that, that stuff that ain't God, it is dirty. Everybody say, it's di- say sin is dirty. Sin is nasty. I got to throw it off like dirty clothes. So you don't, I hope you don't, nobody, if, if they have wherewithal in means, nobody goes around wearing the same clothes for 14 days in a row. And not taking a bath for 14 days in a row. You will begin to stink. Hello? I don't care who you are as a human being. If you wear the same clothes without bathing for 14 days in a row, and I would submit to you, even if you bathe every day and put on the same clothes, sooner or later, some stink going to get on you. Okay? What he says is, our dark deeds, our sinful deeds should be like dirty clothes and we ought to discard them and put on the shining armor of right living. Verse 13, let's go guys. Listen, listen. because we belong to the day, we must live decent lives for all to see. Don't participate in the darkness of wild parties. I think we got some parties over here. Can I come to this side? Don't participate. Watch this. Don't participate in the darkness of wild parties and drunkenness. Or in sexual promiscuity and immoral living. Or maybe you don't party like it's 1999, but you're always quarreling. You're, all, you're a jealous person. You, you're, you're argumentative. Immoral living or in quarrel or jealousy. Look at the next verse. Watch this. 
Instead, clothe yourselves with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ and don't let yourself think about ways to indulge in your evil desires. Don't. Instead, clothe yourself with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ and don't let yourself think about ways to indulge your evil desires. Guys, in our flesh dwelling no good things, so our flesh has a tendency, even after we've been born again, to desire sinful stuff. Oh, I know you're saved, but then you, you can be drawn into sin because this flesh is still the flesh. And so if we're going to commit to change, guys, we've got to commit to eliminate whatever hinders biblical change. If a person has a problem with lust, then they've got to commit to destroy any seductive materials and stop watching TV programs with bless God almighty network TV is just about gone. I mean, you can kind of see whatever you want to see on network television, guys. So if you've got a problem with, with sexual lust, you can't watch stuff. First of all, if it's not God honoring you, you ought to be watching it now. But, but you can't watch stuff that's going to draw, draw you. Do you not realize, guys, that, that, and I told you this before, surveys tell us that upwards of 70, 75% of Christian men admit to watching pornography. I'm talking about church-going men. You can't watch the sin and filth of pornography and it not impact your brain and how you think about sexuality and how you think about women. And what it'll do, it'll cause you to start doing some stuff that'll draw you away from your God. Advertisers know this because advertisers will sell a car by, by have a, a scantily clad woman on the hood of the car. What does she got to do with that car? I have no idea. She probably don't even know how to start it up. Well, she, I guess she can do that. She doesn't know how to work on the engine. But they have her there because they know that men will be attracted to that. And, it, it, and they use it to try to sell a product. Guys, we've got we to commit to eliminate whatever hinders biblical change in our life. And if, we be, if we're watching something that calls us to go astray, we've got to put it aside. Next thing, exert energy toward the goal. Change is not an automatic overnight occurrence. It's hard work, guys. And you will not make progress if there's no willingness, if you have no willingness to put effort into it. That's why I was telling you about when it comes to being transformed into the image of God's discern. So we got to submit ourselves and we got to make an effort to, to, to say, God, I want to submit to the training process so I can let the word of God give me the ability to discern between right and wrong. And I, I got to submit to it. And guys, you can't do it just because I ask you to do it. You got to do it because you have a desire to do it. You got to have a desire to get close to God and to want him to change you. The guy in the, in the testimony talked about the fact that he was he was hesitant to even approach uh, the, the, the concept and the idea of God because he saw so many Christians naming the name of Christ. But there was no change in their life. And the sad reality is that's still true today. People may go to church, but when they leave the church, the church ain't in them. And God needs to get us to change. So we got to exert the energy toward the goal. In other words, you got to sacrifice. Yes, it takes sacrifice to get up early, 30 minutes early and read and pray. Yes, it takes sacrifice to do your homework. Oh, class participant. So stop, stop whining and get before the Lord. Listen, when you get before the Lord, 
the word of God has a way of transforming the way you think. The word of God, when you allow it to, 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 to take its rightful place in your head and down to your heart, it has a way of changing behavior. So, man, when I get into the word, even sometimes when my flesh is lazy. How many of y'all know your flesh gets lazy? I, can we admit it? Sometimes you just don't feel like studying. You're like, I'm just going to chill today. Some of y'all, I'm just going to chill this week. Pastor, I'm taking the month off. I'm taking a half a year. How are you going to take a half a year off from God? They used to sing a song in the old church. I need the Lord to guide me every day as I travel along this narrow way. Though afflictions. Faye, I'm looking for help now. You got to help me. <laughs> Though afflictions wretch my soul. I'm determined to reach my goal. I got to have Jesus because I just can't make it by myself. And I don't know about you, but I can't make it by myself. I don't even trust my flesh. And I would, I would, I'm going to advise you not to trust your flesh. As a matter of fact, no good thing dwelt in my flesh, so why would I trust my flesh? Why would I trust my ability to, to, to hold back? I've got to trust the Lord who's working on the inside of me. So exert energy toward the goal. The next one, persevere in obedience. Okay, some people are ready to quit after one month if they don't see any substantial progress. But all of us need to be reminded of what Hebrews 10 and 36 says. Change takes time. Hebrews 10 in verse number 36. Let's go there right quick. We popped it up, Jay. We got to move. Okay, guys, I'm telling you right now, I will not finish this today. So you got to come back. I got a guest speaker coming next week as we celebrate 32 years of ministry here. So we're going to we're going to we're going to come and listen to my, my good my good friend, my brother, uh, 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 Richard McGee from Embrace Me Ministries in, in, in Bowser City. He's a Bowser City police officer. But beyond that, he's a man of God. He's going to share a powerful word with us. But so I'm not going to finish today, but we're going to we're going to we're going to pick back up where I, where I leave off. OK, is, that, is it OK with y'all? See, it's OK because y'all coming back to church, aren't you? Y'all live stream, you're going to watch this on live stream if, if you can't get back in purpose. Person, but we're going to study the word of God because we got to commit to change. God, listen to me, committing to change is important because God is changing this church. We're doing service differently. Even though it was forced upon us, we're doing it different. And I kind of like the difference. Amen? All right, watch this, watch this, guys. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that he has promised. I like the way the King James Version reads. But James, if you can pop that up for me right quick, I will certainly appreciate it. The KJV here in Hebrews, the 10th chapter, verse number 36 says this. For you have need of patience. Watch this. You have need of patience that what? After you've done the will of God, you might what? Receive the promise that comes from God. Many of us sit in this service and many of us listen to me via live stream and many Christians all over the world, they want to receive the promise and then say, I'll serve. They want to receive the promise and say, well, I'm waiting patient on the Lord. No, he says what? You have need of patience that after you've done the will of God, after you've been obedient, you got to have patience. 
that you might receive the promise. After you've done the will of God, you've got to have patience that you might receive the promise. Some of us give up too soon. We turn our faith, faith loose and we give up too soon. You have need of patience. Be obedient. Do what the word of God says. That's, th- this principle uh, applies in other areas. I've said it before, guys. When it comes to counseling, whether it's marital, financial, or otherwise, you're not going to see any breakthrough in your relationship until you start doing the will of God. And when you do the will of God, you still got to have patience because some folks you're praying for and trying to work with uh, you know, may not be as enthusiastic about doing it God's way as you are, but the text says for you have need of patience that after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. So if you go to a financial counselor and he gives you a plan for your finances, but you don't, you're not obedient to that plan, and now you expect the breakthrough to come, it ain't coming because you haven't been obedient. When you come to me or anybody else for marital counseling, hear me carefully, you come for marital counseling and I as a counselor give you some steps to take, but you won't do those steps. You just throw it out the window and say, oh, it ain't going to work. Don't even come because you're not doing any good. No, let me back up. Keep coming because I want to keep encouraging. All right. But I do know this. In order for it to work, you got to be obedient to the word of God. Are y'all tracking with me? Because many times people say they won't help, but they, don't, they won't help on their terms. I won't help, Pastor, as long as I don't have to sacrifice and do something different. Are y'all with me? So, 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 so persevere in obedience. And lastly, trust God for the strength and the resources to change. Trust God for the strength and the resources to change. Let's go to Philippians, the second chapter. All I'm doing now is setting the groundwork for the, commi- the process of committing to change. If, if you're not willing to do these things right now, you're probably not going to see any, any existential change in your life. You're not going to see any relevant radical change in your life. And when you look back at the early church, when you look at the Apostle Paul, you look at Peter and others, when they were filled with the Holy Spirit, guys, they experienced radical change in their life. And in order for us to influence people who we are in relationship with, They need to see God working in us. They need to be able to see a change in our life. And that change will not take place, guys, if we are not really willing to trust God uh, for the strength and the resources for that change. Philippians 2, 12 through 13. Let's let's watch this. Look look, what this text says. Dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you. Apostle Paul writing to the church at Philippi. The saints at Philippi says what? You always followed my instructions when I was with you. And, and now that I am away, it's even more important. In other words, when you're not in the counselor's office, it's even more important that you do and say the right things. How many of y'all have ever been to counseling or, or been talking to somebody? And then when that person, when y'all sit there talking, you look over this person and say, who is this? I mean, I've talked to people before, and, and I, I've honestly said this to them and, and said to myself, are y'all living in the same house? Is this, is this, how can you have two radically different stories about what transpired? Sometimes we get into our own flesh and our feelings, and so we start, we start viewing everything through our flesh and our feelings rather than looking at what's, what, what actually transpired. Guys, I want to tell you, there is help for you. 
And there is hope for you if you're just willing to say, God, I want to be obedient to your word and I want to do it the way you said do it. And it doesn't matter how you feel, but you just decide, God, the principles that have been laid out for me, I'm going to do those. Watch what he says. Your dear friends, you always follow my instructions when I was with you. And now that I'm away, it's even more important. Work hard to show the results of your salvation. Obeying God with deep reverence and with fear. Next verse says what? Watch this. For God is working where? God is working where? In you. He's working in you. You're not to try to do change by yourself. And that's been, the, that's been the hang up for many believers. We have not relied on the Holy Spirit's work and the, and the transformative work of the word of God when it's placed in our head and put down in our hearts. We try to do it on our own. We try to feel our way through it and, and kind of just mm, will my way through. Baby, I'm going to tell you something. You, you, you get tired of trying to will change in your life. But if you learn how to submit to the Lord Jesus Christ, his instruction, first of all, you'll be able to discern the difference between right and wrong. And God's Holy Spirit will begin to transform you. You'll look up one day and say, you know what? Kathy will say, you know what? That thing that Stafford used to do don't bother me anymore. I'm free of that. And Stafford will say, you know what? Man, when Kathy used to do that, that used to bother me. But now it doesn't bother me anymore. Now I understand. Whenever... Rod and Tony, whoever, whenever you start letting the Holy Spirit have his way and start saying, you know, I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to do my part because I can't control a grown person. If you learn that, that's one of the, one of the most freeing things that, could, that you could ever take place. You can't change somebody who's grown. You ought to clap on that. You can't change another. Here's the, here's the trip. By yourself, you can't even really change yourself. It's the Holy Spirit working through you. So stop trying to change somebody else. You just let God change you. And, and through your change, it ends up moving the other person and motivating them to change. The guy in a testimony says that when he saw this guy's radical transformation, because he knew him before he was saved, and he watched his life after he got saved. And the change that he saw in this guy's life Moved him to want to investigate the Savior who brought that change. So my question to you today, as we talk about commitment to change, who's watching your life? And by watching your life, they want to know the God who you serve. If I were to get 10 people who know you real well, I'm not talking about somebody who who see you at church. That's all. Because see, if all I do is see you at church, you're on your best behavior most of the time. I want to find somebody who lives with you, somebody who works with you, somebody who's been through some battles with you to see how you act when you're in the midst of battle. Because I mean, guys, when I was playing when I was playing ball at Tech and even in high school, we we had some we had some guys who were good practice players, huh? They were good, even in basketball practice players. They could stroke it in practice, but when you got a referee on the floor calling the game. And when you got other people in your face who are defending you, how do you respond? See, I, I tell you before, I don't know, I really don't know that you're really a, a friend that loves it at all times until you have to walk through some adversity with me. Until you have to see me in my weakness. Huh? Until you see me 
until we have a disagreement about something, a strong disagreement, are we able to come back together? Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of any of the sea. I don't really know that until I have to walk through something with you. So I want to find 10 people who really know you and ask those 10 or even five. Let's say five because it's hard for 10, 10 people to really know you. But five, I can find five people who know you well and I want to ask them, what do you see in their life? Do you see God changing them? When you look back on your life for the last two, three years, is, is transformation evident? It ought to be. And so through your life and through the transformative work of God in you, it should draw others to him. Watch this. For God is working in you, giving you desire and the power to do what, what pleases him, what pleases him. It's true. People who want biblical change in their life must work, but that they but they must work trusting Christ. OK, trusting Christ to provide the strength and the resources necessary to make those changes. Without Christ, guys, it's impossible. But when we look away from ourselves and trust him, he enables us to do the impossible. Now, get back to Hebrews five right quick. Because when we talk about how to motivate believers to commit, there's two approaches. There's a man centered approach and then there's a God centered approach. Everybody say man centered and God centered. See, you know, people can be motivated through control points. The things that are most important to you. See, if you work for me and I want to get you to change something or do something different, I can give you a directive because you're my direct report. And I know and you know that if you don't do that, that's insubordination. That's that's grounds for termination. Right. It may be something that you don't want to do, but because you may be I'm your direct report, then you have to do it because insubordination is grounds for termination. And you still need to eat, don't you? Your children still like to, to wear clothes and drive your car and put gas in it, right? You and your wife still like to go on vacation, so you know you need the income coming in. So that control point motivates you to move. That's a man-centered approach. Are y'all with me? But there's a God-centered approach to motivate believers to commit to change. And we're going to see uh, in two weeks how God motivated Moses to do something that Moses really, guys, didn't want to do. After 40 years on the backside of the desert, God gave him some instruction to do something to deliver his people, but Moses, guys, did not want to do it. And we'll watch that. We'll watch and see how God motivated him to commit to a change in how he thought about life, guys. A God-centered approach. Everybody say God-centered. True change, true change takes place when people make choices, watch this, primarily for the purpose of bringing glory to God rather than seeking to meet their own needs. If you tie to give glory to God and to, and, to, and to make sure that God's will is done through the work of ministry because you can't do ministry without money, if you tie because you're bringing glory to God, not just so you can get something in return, then now that's a God-centered approach. If you go and help somebody with no expectation of getting something back from them, then that's a God-centered approach to change. Not because of a control point you're trying to exert on them and say, if I, okay, if I do something for you now, you got to remember that now because I may want something from you later on. 
Hello? And ladies, you got to watch this too. Ladies, ladies, who, single ladies, all the single ladies in the house, raise your hand. We got any single ladies out here? Okay, we got some single. Single ladies, if you are dating or if you desire to date, you have to watch some men. Come on, say, say he's talking like a man because he is a man. Ladies, you got to be careful that, that, you, that, that you have to be, that, that when a man does something for you, that it's a God-centered approach rather than a man-centered approach. Because some brothers will do stuff for you. Some brothers will spend cash on you with the expectation that they're going to get something else in return. Hello. And when you when you when y'all come back home and you say, okay, good night. <laughs> and he's over there looking like, well, good night. I just took you to the finest steakhouse in Shreveport Bossier. I, I bought you the finest dish that costs $65. Just your, your meal alone was $70. And all you're going to say is, good night? What am I going to tell you to do, ladies? Run. Run. Because he's doing stuff to get stuff. And, and whenever you try to serve God just to get something from God and not realize that by the very mere fact that God saved you from a burning hell, by the very mere fact that if he don't do anything else for you, he's done enough. If, he, if, you, if, you, if you can't serve God just because he's good and he's grateful and he, he's transformed your life, then you are sadly mistaken and you're going from a man-centered approach. People tell you all the time, well, I'm going to serve God. What's he, God has done a whole lot and he's doing, he woke you up this morning. Started you on your way. Dispatched angels to keep that wreck from happening that you had no clues get ready to happen. But the angel stepped in and stopped the vehicle. Man, there's so much that's happening in this world. We don't. We, we don't even. It's happening in the spirit realm. We don't even recognize it's happening. So, so, so. Look at these scriptures. I'm closing. Romans 11 and 36. Watch this. Romans 11. 36. Are y'all with me? I, I, I promise you I'll pick up commitment to change. We got to commit to change because God wants to do things differently in your life and in the life of this church. And that means that you got to be spirit minded. Let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. It, I, I, I'm, I'm, listen, I'm going to say this from a pastoral standpoint. I, 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 don't, I hate it when people have been in the Lord and I, I hate it. All of us need to grow. But I hate it when somebody's been in the Lord for 20 years and they're still thinking like a, a spiritual baby. And that's what happened in Hebrews when you get back to Hebrews 5, <laughs> which uh, is the foundation for our text. The text says at the time that these believers should have been teaching other folks, they still had need for people to teach them the elementary principles of the faith. And what I'm saying is, is that many believers who are, who are in the Lord saying if they die, they're going to heaven. But right now, you still have need to be taught the basic of the faith when as a pastor, I should be leaning on you to teach others. But I can't. Because you wouldn't submit to training yourself. Oh, you, you, 
Now listen, I'm, I'm not I'm not criticizing you. You, you come to church and you, you support the work of the ministry and all that. But what I'm saying is God is requiring more of us. God says, I want you to be all in. That's, I think I forgot the lady name that sang that song, I'm All In. Uh, she's talking about my mind, my heart, I'm all in. Whatever it takes, I'm all in. When I go to battle, when I, when I went to battle on the football field, Gary, I didn't know that you and Kenny Wayne Douglas were all in. <laughs> Kenny was my right guard. Garrett was my receiver. Um, and, 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 and I need to know that, you know, and I need to know they were all in. When I dropped back the pass, I didn't know that Gary was going to run the right route. And I didn't know that Kenny Wayne Douglas was going to block. You got to be all in. Every facet. If one guy misses his assignment and is not all in, it can blow up the whole play. And I'm going to tell you something. God wants every last one of you in here because you've been, you've been saved. Those that are saved and, and, and you've been gifted by God to help this ministry get to where it needs to be. And you have gifting that this church needs. I've told you before, don't, don't, don't you dare despise your gifting. Every little bit counts. Watch this. For everything comes from him and exists by his power and is intended for his glory. Talking about God. For everything comes from him and exists by his power and is intended for his glory. All glory to him forever. Amen. All glory to him. So whatever we do, guys, it's, it's, it should be for the glory of God. In ministry, in our life, it should be for the glory of God. Colossians 3, right quick. One, this is the last one, I promise you. Got to get you out of here. Will y'all come back? Will y'all be back next week? Live stream, will you be back next week? They said yes. All right, watch this, watch this guys. Colossians 3. Since you have been raised to new life in Christ, set your sights on the reality of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Verse 2. Think about things of heaven and not the things of the earth. KJV says, set your affection on things above and not on things on earth. In other words, listen, guys, what we do on earth should be, it should be like a satellite. Your signal goes up, hits the satellite and comes back down and shows the picture. What we do on earth should go up to get God's approval and come back down to be worked out here in the earth. Think about the things of heaven, not the things on the earth. Verse 3, for you died died to this life and your real life is what? Hidden with Christ in God. Verse 4, and when Christ who is your life is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. So guys, in a couple of weeks we're going to talk about the marks of spiritual maturity and then we're going to go and begin to share with you some of the things that God did with Moses uh, to the, the, the motivation that he gave to Moses, divine motivation, because our motive is what counts. I can do the right thing and do it for, with the wrong motive. I'm still out of the will of God. Are you ready to commit to change? Are you tired? Are you sick and tired of doing life the way you've always done it? Are you sick and tired of being, uh, you know, miserable, depressed, not really vibrant? See, I believe every believer should have the joy of the Lord as their strength. I believe every believer ought to be so, so full of joy that, you, that your life is contagious. People want to be around you because they see the joy of the Lord. They see transformation and change in your life. But you got to commit to that change. Amen. Jesus gave his life out on Calvary so that you and I could be changed.
every head bowed, every eye closed.